Amen. I'm glad to have everybody here, and I'm glad for everybody to be online here. And as we know, if you've been coming or watching on Wednesdays, Pastor's been talking a little bit about mental health for the past couple Wednesday evenings for our weekly Bible study. And so tonight, I would like to speak on how we as believers in Christ can be in good health both mentally and spiritually, and how we can experience true peace and comfort that is found in God. If you think about it, peace is something that we all want in our lives. We hear it all the time. We desire for peace, and it's always been that way throughout human history. We hear about songs about peace, especially in the songs of the 60s and 70s. If you're like me, you're probably humming the song, Give Peace a Chance. <laughs> all we are saying is give peace a chance. So we had a lot of that in the 60s and 70s where a lot of groups were singing about peace. We hear people speak about having peace in their lives. You know, we as a country, we talk about that we want peace with other countries and we want peace in our country and, and not conflict. We don't like conflict in our countries. You know, we hear about peace treaties and peace agreements. And then when I was younger, there were many times when I heard my parents say, I just want a moment of peace or I need some peace and quiet. Did anybody else hear that or am I the only rebellious child around? <laughs> I know I find myself saying that with my children as well, you know, when they argue or if they want to keep telling me something or asking me a question and they keep coming at me um, and they won't stop, you know, I say, I just want some peace, you know, I think we all have been there with children. So we also see many different activists that are protesting for peace. We hear celebrities from their gated communities demanding peace. And so in our world, this idea of peace and giving peace a chance kind of becomes a catchphrase for a lot of people. It's something that people are always saying. It's kind of like the cool thing to say is, you know, we just want peace, which is a great thing because we do and we should want peace. And the kind of peace that the world wants, though, it's out of reach. It's not a peace that comes from God because it's only through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, that we can find true peace. He's the only source of our peace and he's the only source of our comfort. And he alone is the one who can offer us everlasting peace. So let's see what the word of God has to say about peace and comfort that is found in God. In 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it says, Now the, may the, peace, the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. So we can experience the peace of God in our lives. And as I said in the beginning, the peace of God is the only true peace that we can have that's not a temporary peace like the world gives. If you were in service this past Sunday, or if you watched it online, pastor spoke about doing the right thing. And he spoke of how the pure in heart can see God and how we can see God today and how we can be at peace even in a world full of chaos. Pastor also spoke of the peace of God that rules and reigns in our hearts and keeps our minds in Christ Jesus. Paul writes about this in Colossians 3.15. He wrote, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called 
to live in peace and always be thankful. I love that verse. And so I want to talk tonight about four things that can lead us to the peace of God. And the first thing that's in your notes is that it's the presence of God in our lives. The presence of God in our lives can give us peace. If we look at 2 Thessalonians again, 3.16, when Paul wrote, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. So here Paul is giving a blessing of peace to the church in Thessalonica because this church had been experiencing a lot of persecution. And so Paul knew that it was the presence of the Lord of peace, Jesus Christ, that will give them the peace that they needed. And so this was Paul's prayer for them, that in the midst of their persecution and trials that they will experience the true peace of God through his presence. And also see what it says here, is that the Lord of peace give you his peace at all times and in every situation. That's in all times, in every single situation. It's just not some of the times or only during the good times, but it's at all time in every situation. So he's not saying that there's just peace in the good times. He's saying it's in all circumstances. He's saying, may God give you peace whatever you face, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And so I think that this is a great prayer that we can pray for each other today as well. Um, Whatever situations we're going through, even if you don't know what people are going through, it's a good prayer for us to pray that somebody has the peace of Christ within them during all of their circumstances. And so it's also the presence of God that we can not only find peace, but it's in the presence of God that we can find comfort. And so if you read Paul's letters, we see a common theme when he writes. And a lot of times he begins his writings with the phrase, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul does that because he knows that peace is of God. And true peace comes from God. And so that's the blessing that he gives to them. And that's a blessing from God is that we can have true peace in him. If you think about when we're going through some hard times or if we're going through some problems or if we're sick, you know, when someone we love that loves us is near us and they're holding our hands and they're giving us comforting words, we kind of have a peace about us. You know, I mean, if, you know, people that have been in the hospital or people that have been sick, especially in this day and age, it's very important for us to have our loved ones around us and talk to us and pray with us and comfort us. And that's the kind of comfort and peace that we have in God. And so it's the same way in our walk with Christ. We know he's there with us because he promised he would be. And we as believers in Christ who have full confidence in a loving God can experience this supernatural peace that only he can give. It's a peace that comes from being in a right relationship with God. 
And it's a peace that the world can't give us. Jesus describes this peace and he describes that only he can give us this peace. And he said this in John 14, 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So this peace that Jesus gives us, he's even saying this peace is supernatural. This is not a peace that you can get from the world. This is not a comfort that you can get from the world. It's only a peace and comfort that you can get from Jesus. And so if you look at the word peace in the Hebrew, I think a lot of people have heard the term or the word shalom. That's the Hebrew word for peace. And so we see the word shalom. We see it referring in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, because that was, you know, um, the Hebrew that they spoke. We see it referring to relationships, relationships between people, relationships between nations, and relationships with God. And so the peace of God that we as followers of Christ can have is true peace, as I said. And sadly, the world that we live in and unbelievers, they keep seeking peace, if you notice that. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say that doesn't believe in God? They say, I'm looking for inner peace. I'm trying to find my inner peace. And they go through all this time and they throw all this money away to find the inner peace within themselves. But these people are going to keep searching for that inner peace. But sadly, they're never going to find it. And the only time that they're going to find it is when they have a relationship with Jesus Christ because he is the Prince of Peace and he is the one that has all the peace because the world's peace is temporary. Jesus' peace is eternal. And so that's why Jesus says that the peace he leaves is not a peace that the world leaves because the world's peace is temporary and his peace is eternal. Secondly, we see the power of God at work in our lives can give us peace. The power of God at work in our lives can give us peace. And so in Psalm 105.4, it says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. And so the strength that the psalmist here is writing about is the strength given to God's people as they seek him. And so we as believers in Christ are not only invited to seek God himself, but we are also to seek his strength as well. And because this strength is given to God's people as we seek him. And so we also see that we are to seek God's presence continually. And it's through his power or strength and his presence that we seek that we can have the peace of God. We also see Paul writing in Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Paul also writes in Romans 15.13, he wrote, I pray that God, the source of hope, God is our source of hope, and he's praying that God, the source of our hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him 
Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we hope in God and when we put our trust in him and in his sovereign plan above whatever our situation is, whether it's good or bad, we can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's through that power of the Holy Spirit that can give us comfort and can give us peace. And so the spirit-filled Christian has a supernatural peace. The world doesn't understand that, but it's a supernatural peace that we have. And that supernatural peace is overflowing, and we can be assured that the Holy Spirit will give us the peace of God that transcends all understanding, which guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That's what it says in Philippians 4, 7. So we have that peace of God. If you can understand that, it transcends all all understanding. And I think that's a great way of putting it, that, that that's the peace of God. And so when we see things from God's perspective, it gives us peace. And when we're in Christ, we can have peace even when things seem out of control. I mean, think about it. When Paul wrote about the peace of God that transcends all understanding, he was in jail. He was in jail with guards standing next to him. But even though he was in that situation, he had a peace because his heart and his mind was in Christ Jesus, and that gave him comfort and peace. So you can imagine how Paul was writing that, and he still had that comfort and peace that transcended all the understanding. And so thirdly, we see the plan of God unfolding in our lives. The plan of God unfolding in our lives. In Psalm 138.8, it says, The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. This is a confident declaration made by David in this psalm. David knew that God had a plan for his life. And so when he was writing that, I can just imagine David probably thinking back to everything that he's been through and thinking about God's promises to him and the nation of Israel. And so he's probably thinking about when God told him that his descendants would rule forever. And even more, that God promised David and Israel that the promised Messiah would come from David's lineage and from the tribe of Judah. So he was probably thinking about all that when he was writing it down, and it probably excited him, and he was thinking about all of this, and it gave him peace and comfort, knowing that God had a plan. And so many know that four years ago I retired from the police department, and I have four children. One of them is in college, and the other three are young, so they're all in school. And so retiring so young and not kind of knowing what I was going to do, I, beforehand I started going back to school to get my degrees in theology and biblical studies. And I knew I wanted to teach or preach in some sort of way. And so I, continued, I kept praying about it. But just thinking about that time that as the days started dwindling down and I was counting down to this retirement, as you can imagine, a lot of things started going through my head. 
I started thinking about, okay, is my pension going to be enough to support my children and family? Am I going to get another job to where, you know, I'm going to make enough to support my family? All these things go through your head. But I knew God had a plan for me. I knew that God had something and he was not going to leave me because he promised me that he would have a plan. And he promised me that he would not leave me. And so I prayed and I prayed with a prayer partner. And the more I prayed about it and the closer I came to it, the more I started having a peace and a calmness and a comfort, knowing that there was a plan for me. And it ended up that there was. And so I'm so happy that, you know, even though I was able to retire young, I'm still able to do ministry and I'm able to preach and teach and do apologetics and all that good stuff. So I'm very happy and, and I'm, I'm glad. And, and there was just a peace, a certain like peace and calmness and comfort when I prayed about it. And so we see Paul also writing about this in Philippians 1.6 when he wrote, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So Paul here is expressing his confidence. He's expressing a confidence that God has the ability to complete the work that he began among the Philippian believers there. And so he was telling them that God's not finished with you. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God's not finished with you either. God will complete the work that he began in you. I love what Charles Spurgeon wrote about this. He wrote, The work of grace has its roots in the divine goodness of the Father. It is planted by the self-denying goodness of the Son, and it is daily watered by the goodness of the Holy Spirit. It springs from good and leads to good, and so is altogether good. So everything that God does is good. And so we as passionate followers in Christ, we can have that same certainty. We can have that same confidence that he, that the work that he began in us at the time of our salvation, he will continue to do, us, to, do to us until Jesus Christ returns. And so when we're new creations in Christ, we begin a lifelong process. It's a big word called sanctification meaning that we're set apart by the work of the Holy Spirit and we're made holy. And as we continue in Christ Jesus, we have spiritual growth in our lives. And that spiritual growth will continue until the day that Jesus returns. And it's at that time that God will finish, perfect, and complete his work in us. And this should give us peace and comfort that God always has a plan for our lives, even when we don't see it. And so finally, we can have peace of God because of the purpose of God that is unfolding in our lives. The purpose of God that's unfolding in our lives. I remember reading an article from In Touch Ministries, and it said the Father's greatest desire is for you to have a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, once you have received God's forgiveness, then you are ready to fulfill the rest of his plan for your life. 
I love that. So God has a purpose and God has a plan for each and every one of us. We were all created on purpose, for a purpose, and with a purpose. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is from Ephesians 2.10. And I read it from the New Living Translation, and there's a couple other translations that word it a little bit differently. But it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God created each and every one of us uniquely. And he made something beautiful when he made us. And we were made for a purpose. The reason I love that, I just love that God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. When you think about a masterpiece, you know, some other translations say workmanship. But if you think about it, it, what it means in the Greek is a beautiful poem or a work of art. And so every time I read that, I think about going to like a museum or going somewhere and see a fantastic work of art or see, you know, even like some of these beautiful buildings that we see, you know, they're all masterpieces. Or you read a beautiful poem or when you're reading a book and something really hits you when you're writing it and you're thinking, man, that writer really hit me with that. You know, and a lot of times, you know, if I know like my kids, you know, they'll build something, you know, say, come and see my masterpiece. Come and see this beautiful thing that I made, you know, and, but it's unique and they made it. And it's just like, God, he made us, each and every one of us in his image and we're uniquely made. So as I said, you know, the people that make this masterpiece or write these poems or write these books, you know, they love what they're doing. They put a lot of love into it. And they put a lot of, you know, they're creating these magnificent pieces of art or paintings. And so this is how we are when we are a new creation in Christ. You know, we are his work. And being his work, his masterpiece, we can see that we were created for a purpose. And that should give us peace and comfort. That we have a God that loves us so much that he created each and every one of us in his image. And that not only that, but we are his masterpiece, his work of art. And so as God works in our lives, we have a new life in Christ. And we begin to see others as Christ sees us. And the purpose of God's work in our lives is that we become an expression of God to those in this world. And so I'm telling you that you can experience this peace right now that only Jesus can give. Jesus' peace is not the peace that the world offers you, but Jesus' peace is out of this world. And the peace that the world offers is temporary, and it's just a momentary experience of peace. The peace that Jesus offers is permanent and it's everlasting. We read in Colossians 1, 19, 23. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. 
This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. This is a beautiful picture that Paul has painted of a peace agreement made between God and humanity. Paul is giving us the true source of peace. And that true source of peace is Jesus Christ, who initiated that peace at the cross. And it's because of the blood of Jesus at the cross and his resurrection from the dead that we can have true peace and comfort because it is Jesus who is the Prince of Peace. And if you don't have that peace and comfort that only God can give you, I ask you right now, where you are, to open up your heart to Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior. And receive the free gift of salvation that can only be given through him. Because it is at that moment that you can experience the true peace that I'm talking about within you and that you can experience the true comfort right now. And so I want to end with a passage of scripture that Paul wrote. And I use Paul a lot in this because he does write a lot about peace and comfort. And so Paul wrote about God's offering, God offering comfort to everybody. And so you'll find it in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 7. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 7. And Paul wrote, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more, we, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we're weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Anybody notice a common theme going in there? The word comfort is used nine times in this little passage of scripture. And so what that word comfort means is to come alongside and help, which is the same root word that's used for the Holy Spirit who is called our comforter. And the Holy Spirit works in us to give us peace and he comforts us. He comforts our hearts and our minds in this troubled world that we live in, in all that we go through in this life, both the good and the bad. And so we can have confidence that no matter what we are going through in this life, God will comfort us and bring us peace because we have a God who is the father of compassion 
and the God of all comfort. And we can be confident that he will empower us to fulfill his purpose and plan that he has in our life. And he will be with us all along the way, guiding us, never leaving us, so that we can fulfill our purpose of God unfolding in our life. And so don't let anything hold you back. Let God strengthen you by his grace and his peace with his mercies and his comfort. So you might want to ask, how can I do that? And so some of the growth work that I put is the first thing is read your Bible daily and apply it. Read your Bible daily and apply it. When we read God's word and we put it into practice, it will lead us to the peace of God. How many people have went through struggling days and, and, and days that weren't really good and you just sat down and you just opened up God's word and you read it and it gave you a peace and comfort and calmness. And so that's what happens. And it's even when we're in, having good times and reading our Bible. You know, it gives us that calm and peacefulness. Philippians 4, 9 says, Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So knowing God's word is not enough. It's great to read your Bible every day, and I encourage it. And every time I'm up here speaking, it's one of the things that I always say is to be in, your, in the word of God daily. But we also must put his word into practice and apply it daily. And when we apply his word, he will be with us. And when we do that, we can experience the peace of God. The second thing is to pray. Prayer is very important. And it goes along with reading your Bible. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Paul is telling us how important daily prayer is in our life. Paul says that there's not some areas of our lives that, we, that are no concern of God. Everything in our lives concerns God and, and has God concerned. And we can experience true peace when we're in prayer. It's a peace that exceeds anything else that we can understand. And the third thing is trusting God. God's timing and purposes are perfect. We never have to worry if we can trust him. This should give us peace knowing that we can trust God in everything. Trusting God will naturally flow from us when we follow him and we stand on his promises. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And so just as Solomon did, we can find that God is worthy to be trusted. And when we trust God, we can be at peace and we can trust him with our whole heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this night and I thank you again for this, for everybody here, Lord. I'm so thankful for, for everybody that came out and, and studied your word with us, Lord. And pray for all of those online listening, Lord that you will give them the word they, that you are speaking to them, Lord, and that they'll open their hearts to you. And that right now, Lord, they know 
that they can find true peace and comfort in you. I pray for all of those, again, traveling, Lord. I pray for all of those uh, that aren't with us tonight. Uh, I pray that you'll just be with everybody. Pray for all of those that are in the hospital, Lord. Pray that you'll bring healing upon them. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.